Welcome to the number one podcast, where we give you an authentic look into the world's healthiest, wealthiest, and most inspirational minds. We talk about trending topics, bold ideas, and give you real-world examples that will inspire you to take massive action to become the number one version of yourself. We had a pretty pivotal time, I think, in your business, and just in general, I think the history of us doing stuff with cameras and microphones. Uh, Theo Vaughn and his team came through. That's right. And I was here, Val was here. You were not here. I was not here. Sucks to suck. But I thought it'd be cool to talk about what it was like for us and you to see people execute at a high level, the experience, how we feel about it, and stuff like that. So we'll actually start, we'll start with asking you a question, Drew. How the heck did they end up here? Man. So, uh, first of all, the weekend that they wanted to film their episode with Sexy Red, um, I actually had the calendar booked off on all platforms where the studio is rentable. Yeah. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, if you are filming here in Miami, this is the Move Miami. This is Miami's hottest creative studio. We have had some incredible, incredible people, incredible guests rent this space. Um, we yeah. tend to attract just high caliber people. And so that specific day, which was a Saturday, um, I had it blocked off because I was flying to Detroit for a wedding. And I got a message in the Pure Space inbox and it was like, hey, my name's Zach. I run production for Theo Vaughn. And I'm like, I don't know who the hell Theo Vaughn is. Yeah. And so I, but I always, I always try to respond to every message. And so I was like, okay, that's cool. So I text him and I'm like, unfortunately, you know, Saturday is not available. <laughs> yeah. And then um, he was like, no, 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 I get that it's not available, but can you make it available? Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, sure. And so I look up Theo Vaughn. I'm like, oh shit, I've seen this guy. I've seen yeah. him all over YouTube. I've seen him on TikTok. I've seen him everywhere. I just didn't know the guy's name. Yeah. Uh, but super recognizable. And yeah, man. So it was cool. They, uh, they basically said, Hey, can we come check out the spot tomorrow? This was like on a Thursday. Um, and so Friday they came, they flew from LA, came straight here from the airport. They checked out the spot. And then the next day they confirmed that they were coming here to shoot. Yeah. So it was uh it was pretty cool, man. And I almost canceled the wedding that I was attending. Canceled the wedding. I mean, well, my presence. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, that's, that's a power move. Canceling the wedding, uh, guys. Can you just move the wedding to Sunday? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna need you to <laughs> reschedule your life event. Um, no, nah, dude. I mean, their their team was great. Um, so good, man. You know, I think in general, and we'll we'll kind of boil down kind of what we saw. We got um, you know, Val over here as well. Yeah. Um, Cut frame to Val. Doing amazing, <laughs> amazing work. Yeah. Get your, get your camera on over there, uh, over there, Val. Did, oh, did we check your mic, by the way? Yeah, we checked my mic. Oh, we checked it. Cool. Are All you, right. is your cam hot? Yeah. It's hot. It's on. It's hot? Oh, yeah. Let's go. For those of you who don't know, Val is the most badass production studio technician assistant slash um, incredible facilitator of everything that is everything. Straight up. They asked a lot of questions. <laughs> Val always had an answer. Yeah. So Val so. ran the play for real. So when I, it was crazy because the two biggest things that happened in the studio happened on the weekend when I was leaving. And the first one was a huge party that was happening on the terrace. So, um, as a part of the studio, I have a huge rooftop terrace yep. and, uh, there was like, how many kids ended up coming? There was like 65 kids in total. Yeah, so like 65 kids came here to throw like a quinceanera, I guess. That's um, insane. Their mom like coordinated the whole thing. And I'm out of town. And I'm like, dude, I got yeah. 65 kids on my rooftop. 
And it's not like the, it's not the building's rooftop. It's my rooftop. So if anything happens up there, I'm like, please God, please don't let any kids fall. Like, it's like the worst type of event for something bad to happen. Yeah. There's 65 children. Yeah. And like can all of you, like we need 65 living children after the end of this event. I know. Please. Man. So, but it was great, man. Val ran the whole play. She was here to like bring them in. They set up the DJ booth, the 360 nice. camera, the food, like the whole thing. Val, did you party with the children? I, I did party. They gave me pizza. It was honestly, I had not eaten the whole day and I got pizza and cake for free. Nice. Hey, <laughs> that's a vibe. Cake. That's yeah. awesome. It's kind of like party. So yeah, but... so that was the, that was Friday. And then Saturday was Theo, uh, Theo and Sexy Red. Yeah. And so I was pretty bummed out that I couldn't be here for that. But again, Val stepped in. She like, she ran the play. You came, you're helping out with like everything. And I'm calling, I technically wasn't even present at this wedding because I'm like stepping out the whole time. Everyone's in the chapel and I'm outside on the phone. Val yeah. is like, as soon as we walk into the chapel, Val calls me and she's like, hey, so like something broke. And I'm like, no, oh yeah, the blinds, there's no. <laughs> the blinds broke. We figured that out. There was a few things. So as soon as I showed up, like they needed some a, a USB to HDMI, USB-C to HDMI cable. So I went back to my spot, got that, um, got a printer. Then Val said there's a printer next door. <laughs> um, but now the team Wait, was so great. You lugged, a, you lugged a whole printer over here? It was a Wi-Fi printer. So it wasn't oh, like a big deal. But yeah, we got a printer, you know, just to help out. But um, I mean, my thing was, I really wanted to see, and, and shout out to Nick, Zach, you know, if you guys ever see this, um, Theo as well, um, you know, I really want to see how they do it. Cause I, I knew who Theo Von was. Like I've seen him all over the yeah. place, which is funny. I didn't follow him on TikTok, TikTok. I cannot talk TikTok, Instagram or YouTube, but I've seen him all over the place. Yeah. Very much was a fan, like know who he is. Um, and then like afterwards I got his socials. I was like, Oh, I actually don't follow this guy at all, which oh, one wow. is a testament to how social media works today. That you could like, know somebody and not even follow them. Yeah, I've seen I've seen like all of his clips, all yeah. his viral clips. Oh, that's literally don't follow the guy, which is wild. So I follow him now. Well, but, that was um, the same thing with me. Like I didn't know the guy's name, but I had seen his face everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it was it was wild. So, but they came in, and I mean, right off right out the gate, I think um, it really showed. You never know when people are like that big. You know wh what it's going to be like. Um, and so I think the the first thing that I noticed about them was like. Um, I mean, down to earth guys, but like they were very focused. They knew, they knew kind of what they wanted. They made this, they kind of transformed the space a bit. I mean, obviously same setup, like chairs in the same spot, couches in the same spot, but they like added layers, they added lights, they rented a bunch of lights and stuff. There was like, um, I literally thought of it as in layers that they added. So right now we kind of got like two layers going. They had like a third intermediary layer. You can go see the episode. Maybe we can cut it in right here. Uh, Theo Vaughn, Sexy Red, you can just, you know, YouTube it. Um, yeah. the, the, the setting was dope. Um, but they just executed at such a high, like their attention to detail, like every single detail was crazy. So there was a few things I want to talk about just on the setup and, um, definitely just, just the whole process. So we'll start with how they found the space. So ping pong off of you, Drew. So why do you think, even though they were so big, they came to Miami, they chose this space over all the other spaces that were available? Right. Because you just, I mean, you just kind yeah, of opened open open, for, like, open up for business. Months. Yeah. So. Um, well, you know what's crazy is that they're not the only big timers that we've had in here. I mean, he's the biggest one that we've had yet. Yeah. From an um, yeah, in the entertainment industry, correct. I'd say they're the biggest. But, but we've like, had some locally, serious, we've had yeah. some serious hitters from Miami and they don't go anywhere else. I even got a test. I was showing you the testimonial from earlier yeah. that I got of Jason Stone saying like, I've been to every single... Uh, I've been to every single studio in Miami and this is by far the best one. Right. And so that's a reoccurring theme that I've heard over and over again. And 
you know, the reason why, in my opinion, was because I didn't build this for other people. I built this for myself. I built this right. for us. I built this for the podcast. You know, this, so every little thing, the attention to detail was done by me for me. And then I started opening up the space to other people and they see that and they're like, wow, like a lot of attention went into that. Now, I also think most of the podcast studios in Miami are like little shoe boxes. They're little yeah. closets and holes yeah. in the wall. And this is a 4,000 square foot space. I mean, when people rent this place, they're getting basically a penthouse in Miami and they have full access to the terrace too. So if they yeah. have guests or whatever, they can go outside. And I think that that was, in a, that was appealing to them because Sexy Red came with an entourage. Unfortunately, it was raining, so they didn't get to go out and use the space. But Val went and got all these snacks and food and drinks. And like we, you guys got the table set up and yep. everything was ready for them so that if they wanted to go out there and hang out while the episode was being filmed in here, they could have. Yeah. And like what other studio does that? Nobody's yeah, I offering think, that. I think that's a big, when you think about service and like, and I looked, I was doing like research basically, say competitive research, but like looking at all the different podcasts and people, podcasts are for listening, right? Yeah. But they're also on YouTube. So they're for watching. And you're right. Like the hole in a wall, like my studio now. So like version one of our podcast was in my big ass room, which yeah. was bigger than the, my podcast studio now, which is more of like a closet. It's not a closet, but it's smaller, right? So you don't have, it's harder for me. I've started playing around in my space with adding like depth to the shots, mm. but there's only so much you can do in a small space, right? I think what also helps is you have windows. So even though the space is big, there's more layers outside. Like you can literally see the yeah. city, Miami, like you oh, said, I like mean, a penthouse view. The city. You get straight downtown views. I think the whole thing really, and the lights and everything, it just represented Miami for them. Yeah. But it was from a way that was more industrial and like a raw side that you don't normally see. Right. Everything in Miami is white. White. I know, bro. White, white. It's everything. my least favorite. Actually, like that <laughs> Miami aesthetic. It's so ugly. Note, it's so I, ugly. That Miami aesthetic, bro, is my least favorite arch of type type of like architecture, yeah. bro. It's so bland. It's just like people's like, I got money, but I, I have no idea how to spend it type of it's look. The porcelain like, put some wood floors. In your house. The white, natural elements, yeah. you know. So I, uh, like I said, I built this place for me because this is me. Yeah. I'm very earthy. Like yeah. I didn't even know I was a plant dad, but like I'm a plant dad now. Maybe you know, <laughs> one of my plants is sick and I've been taking care of it. So it's like, you know, there's love in this space. And I think there's a lot of energy and people feel that when they walk in here. And so, um, you know, there's just like, that's not something you get everywhere. But besides that, I think what's even more important is like the team yeah. And, you know, Val obviously well like went above and beyond from a service mm -hmm. perspective. Shout out Val. Um, you know, Mel was here to record BTS. It was so cool because I think because of the relationships that I've built, yeah, um, or just cultivated with people over the years, it's like, think about it, I wasn't here and the biggest event went off without a hitch. Yeah. Both back to back. Yeah. You know, because Val was amazing. Mel stepped in, you came in, you stepped in, Chad came in, he stepped in. Well, there were hitches, but I think that's just a testament to your network. Correct. Right? Even though there were problems. But the right like people were in cables, place yeah. in order to overcome those hitches. Yeah, that's just a testament to the power of the network. Yeah, that's you true. Know? Yeah, and I, I appreciate you correcting me on that because um, I don't think anything ever goes off without a hitch. No. There's always a hitch, but it's your ability to like overcome, persevere, and push through those um, limitations, those problems, those errors that, that can arise. Yeah. Um, and we definitely had like the perfect team in place and yeah, we've really just been blessed, man. The space is like taking off. It's yeah, unreal. Dude. It's going, it's things are turning up. Yeah, man. Well, tell me, I want to ask you a question because obviously I, I couldn't be here. Yeah. So what was your, so you guys were here, you were with Zach and Nick, right? 
yep. for quite some time before Theo shows up. So Theo gets here, and what's the first thing that happens? Yeah, the thing I noticed first about Theo was his attention to detail. So he has the team, right? Zach and Nick were setting everything up. I was surprised at how fast they were moving, right? Even with like new equipment, maybe not new to them, but you know, they were just setting everything up, knew what they needed, knew what they were missing, right? Even though there's like a gajillion cables. And for anybody who hasn't done like a podcast, like there's like there's so much, <laughs> there's so much stuff on the other side <laughs> of this, this camera, you know, maybe, maybe we'll show you, um, but they, they set, they set all that up. Theo comes in and he's like, Hey guys, like he's asking about the shot. He's looking at the screen. So you have this monitor. He's looking at like himself where I'm looking right now. And he's like analyzing everything. Like, is this okay? Every single can, you know, Celsius is one of their sponsors. He was like, hey, let's make sure that, you know, this is in a good spot. Um, the audio, the visual. Oh, he know, was testing everything. everything. Testing um, everything. The way he prepped, right? So comedians work out their bits. And we know that, or maybe not everybody knows that, but it's very normal for comedians to work their material, right? They do it in smaller clubs. And then they, they run their final jokes in the bigger clubs, right? So if it flops, it's whatever, but that's how they work it out. He wasn't necessarily doing that, but he was running through like um, essentially the interview. So all the questions, the topics, he was bouncing topics off of us and like, hey, does this sound seem okay? So he'd already prepped and he was still like prepping like to the last mile to make sure like the interview wow. went off the hitch. The jokes, like even the jokes that he's, like I know he's a comedian, but when you see the final product, you think it's all kind of just off the cuff, but like. It's not like he's very prepared, wow. which makes sense for somebody who's that successful. We all buy into that final product of it, like seeming like it's all natural, you know, and it, it's not that it's not natural, but it's intentional, right? Mm -hmm. Every interview, every interview that he does, there's a, a ton of intention and he thinks about it, even the ones he's just having fun with, yeah. right? It seems like he's running at least a few, a few of the things ahead of time and going into, in, in, into the interview with like, I want it to be this type of, you know, podcasts you know his are more like funny jokes and not, not really like very serious most of the time um but yeah it's just interesting to see so that's awesome yeah what about you val what'd you think i thought that they were just extremely prepared like you said the attention to detail they brought like two aperture lights um that were just they really illuminated the space like they were just ready for when theo walked in to just him have like a look over and make sure that he was comfortable with the space which he was because obviously he was really nervous because he wasn't in his own podcast studio and he was jittery he was like freaking out about what he was wearing what he was doing and oh, like yeah. <laughs> his team really helped him calm down about like okay we have everything on the tech side ready you just gotta relax and be present and I feel like he was once he got here he just like made sure everything was good and then he like rolled with it, you know, but I definitely think it's important for a space to have like that homey vibe. I feel like, especially if it's something a little more like, um, claustrophobic in a sense, or more like closed in, I feel like people have a hard time adjusting or the lights are too close to them. And it's just like a really intense setting. But I feel like here he was able to really like sit down and chill and even though, yeah, like there was huge lights in front of him and cameras were recording and stuff, you know, it's still more personable, the space. Yeah, you know? that's cool. So, yeah, and I feel like um, we gave them the opportunity to really customize it the way they wanted to. And that's something that's rare in most places. Yeah. You know, and so like, like they took my shelf that was out of the bathroom and they put it behind you so that you wouldn't see the kitchen and you could see some of their sponsor material uh, and, you know, the little 
the lights and just they moved all my plants around to fit their specific desires and um you know that's something that's that's really cool about the space because i don't care they can move whatever they want and that's just the versatility and flexibility that not a lot of places offer so definitely so let's talk about some of the hiccups right Mm. so the first one was sexy red um who, by the way, Drake just dropped that album. So I don't, I don't know if they knew, but like crazy timing for that interview. Um, she had a feature on that album, which a lot of people are talking about. Her and SZA are both from St. Louis, both on that album. They're both on the same song with Drake. But she was three hours late. Don't know why. I think she was three and a half hours late. Right. Um, yeah, so three and a half hours late. And so there was concern of, you know, whether or not she was going to show up. They came through. Um, she had a studio session later and I'm sure she was, she literally opened up for Drake the night before. Yes. She's um, probably just getting up. Yeah. I'm sure she was just like busy as, 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 as hell. Can you imagine all the stuff going on? You're opening for Drake. You're probably going out after. Right. I mean, go watch, go watch that interview, by the way. You can actually hear her thoughts about being famous and she's super down to earth, which was in, the most interesting thing about that interview was Theo was down to earth. I didn't really know sexy red or follower, but she was very down to earth. Yeah. She was just like, she's like, I shop at Target. I don't really like designers. She, she literally was like, I only buy designer stuff because people keep showing it to me. But like, <laughs> she's like, I shop at Target, you know, like whatever. Um, so cool, cool energy. Um, but yeah, three hours late. So that was the first hiccup, you know, um, missing cables and stuff. And I think Val, you actually had a really good, the stuff with the audio was another thing. Because um, oh, they wanted their speaker to play her songs or something. and Yeah, they're trying to play the music. They're trying so. to run it into the live feed so that when you live chop, the audio would come through. But yeah. I think because it was going through, it was going onto the TV. It was super loud. It was like a mess. Yeah, know. it was. There was like feedback, and it was crazy. <laughs> so Val, you said something earlier about just like how to be helpful in the right way. Like, well, how would you say it in your own words? Don't let yeah. me mess it up. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to thank our future sponsor Celsius for sponsoring this and every episode. Celsius, live fit. I feel like I've personally been a lot around I've just being in Miami I've been around a lot of celebrities or had to work around like high profile people and the best thing you can do is just be low maintenance like do not add to these people's stress because for example Theo's team was already super stressed out about having everything ready obviously like making sure everything was set up they're dealing with a super high caliber guest and you'd like come around and ask them like they're super busy. Like, do you need water? Like they probably don't need water. They'll ask you. So just being around or being helpful, like, Hey, can you get this? Just being on top of it. Of of course I can get it. Don't ask questions. Just do it, figure it out. Like, I feel like most of my role was like PAing the podcast. Um, at first it was like getting everyone situated, but after I just became kind of like a PA and a PA's job is just to like do whatever, no questions asked. You need wings. I brought wings. (laughs) She did get wings. wings. (laughs) You got wings. You got sunglasses. You got clothes. Well, I came. I came home, and uh, I came home on what day did we get back, babe? When did we get back? Sunday night. I get back on Sunday night, and it's like it's late, bro. It's like almost one in the morning. And I come over to the kitchen, and I see like a mountain of Vienna sausages. Oh yeah, those and, are still, I, and still I open up there. the fridge and it's just filled with like purple drink, red drink, blue yeah. drink, <laughs> everything. And then there's, I'm like, this place, what is going on here? It yeah. was, I'm like Vienna sausages. That's that odd, was for her odd request. sexy reds entourage. Yeah, but they never, but they got rained out. They got rained out. But speaking of being helpful, I mean, Val went and picked all that stuff up, which is awesome. Yeah, crushed it. Yeah. So I, you know, that was great because I think there's a lot of people that 
could potentially be like, hey, you know, I don't really work for this person. Like, I'm not their personal assistant. Yeah. And instead, like, I think when you go into anything with a heart of service, you're like, yeah, I'm literally this person's personal assistant for the day. Yeah. And like, she stepped into that role and there was a humility about her that she was like, yeah, I'll do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And like a lot of people, I think they're either prideful or they think they might be better than that, you know, whatever that may be for them. Right. And dude, sometimes it's about just doing the simple things, doing the small things. Sometimes you got to be open. Like I, I came and I'll, I'll be honest, like we have a pod, you know, we think we do pretty well. I've made some cool stuff. I'm proud of it. But here is an opportunity to see people do something who are objectively successful. Yeah. So I came obviously to help make sure that they got what they needed, but I wasn't going to necessarily be like over suggestive or anything like that. It was just like, let's just see how they work. Yeah. You know what they recommend. I mean, they're over 300 episodes deep. Right. Like they, they're very, I mean, their, their clips get hundreds of thousands of views, right? They're, they're little That episode that was filmed here, it's not even been a week and they've gotten a million views. Yeah. It's at a million. So I I think being open and when you can just, like you said, be of service to people who are successful, you can learn a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I think we both run into, um, I certainly run into it is when people want to help me and it's, there's always this question of like, okay, do you want to help me or do you want to learn from me? And I'm fine with both. Or do you want something from me? Or do you want something? (laughs) But like, let's be crystal clear about what it is because to Val's point, if you're going to help me, you can't be in the way at the same time Mm. because then you're not, you're not helping. So I think that's super important for anybody who's, trying to be around people who are executing is make sure you're not in the way. The first thing you got to do is make sure you're not in the way. Cause yeah. it's, it's super annoying. I encounter it all the time. People was like, you don't need two people to change a light bulb. Right. It's super frustrating. You know, well, sometimes it's like two people in the kitchen, you never try to cook something and somebody's standing where you're trying to stand. Yeah. That's exactly what it's like yeah. to do anything Yeah, with people who aren't helpful. So be out the way and then yeah, just give them what they need. You know, yeah, I think less is more sometimes. Yeah. You know, less is more, especially when it comes, sometimes like having more people just complicates things, especially like you said, the kitchen example. Um, I've recently gone through something with my regular business, not the studio, but with the mortgage business where like I try to bring on too many people and do too many things and you spread yourself so thin or now you have too many people that are reaching out to you asking questions. They need help. They, you know, not everybody's ready to just hit the ground running. A lot of them need like coddling and handholding. Yeah. And if I'm super busy, I'm running two businesses. I can't do that. I can't coddle you and handhold you. So I was like, Hey, I think I'm going to unfortunately have to move you to another place within yeah. the company where you're not going to be under me. You're going to be under someone else who can handle you, Yeah, you know, or, or work with you rather. Managing people is a lot of work too. You know, I think, um, without going too deep on just management, but yeah, it, like being able to give people, being able to push people, without setting them up to fail, it's hard work. Mm. Like that's what managing is. It's like, I need this person, I need to delegate this work to this person, but I need to make sure that they're not going to fail. Cause if they fail, it's bad for both of us. Yeah. But I also want them to like push them. Being a good manager is actually really, really hard, which is why there aren't that many good managers. And then sometimes you, you help people out to the point where they exceed or get to a certain level and then they bounce. (laughs) Yeah. Which is fine too. I think that's, that's, that's it's the like downside of, of having good people yeah. is they're going to want to. But look at the loyalty of people. How long have these guys been working with Theo? I mean, they said a while. Well, I mean, the, yeah, I mean, yeah. For, I mean, there's some people that are just down for the cause. Yeah. If and, you, if you are, if you build a good relationship, people will, yeah. like, they're, it becomes a partnership, you know? 
Absolutely. So, Fireman. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I wish I could have been here um, for that. There, there were a lot of things that like were going on at the same time. And uh, it, was, it was interesting because I also learned that I think it was a huge lesson for me in particular because I feel like I have to be there for everything. Yeah. And I never like entrust other people to take over duties for me. Yeah. In both, in either business. I just, I'm like, I got to do it all myself. I got to do, I got to build a sales funnel. All right. I got to learn how to create the funnel myself. I got to build the funnel myself. Yeah. I got to learn Facebook ads. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do that because I feel like nobody's going to do it better than I can. And I really learned a valuable lesson in that moment, which was like pay other people to do shit. Or get other people to step in in areas where you're weak or in places where you can't be. And if you're able to do that, you can scale at such a more rapid rate. Here's another lesson off of that that I've learned is when you let other people do stuff, it's going to be different. Mm. But that's also okay. So it's like, it's not how I would do it. It's literally how they would do it. <laughs> but the customer is just like, hey, fuck it. You know? like, yeah, that works. That works too. And you're just like, huh, interesting. You know, so being less of a, I'm, I have the same problem, man, where I'm just like, sometimes yeah, I just got to wait to see to the end. Cause it, but that middle part can be frustrating. We're like, I don't know why you're doing it like this, mm. but let's see, let's see how this ends up. I've also put people in positions where I asked them to do something and I didn't want to do it. Yeah. And it's cost me a lot of money because mm, yeah. it often <laughs> costs you a lot of, I mean, think about just. The costs that went in, I, I didn't really make money off of them being here. <laughs> yeah. Because there were costs that had to be, you know, um, paid in yeah. order for me to not be present. And as a result, like everything got done. Yeah. That's real life too, though. I mean, it's, it's not, uh, you know, building a business is about the, the long term, which is mm -hmm. why I think, I mean, you're willing to, to eat those costs. And yeah, I mean, it's, course, it's, the, it's the first milestone of, of many, you know, um, yeah. there'll be other, other big, you know, entertainers. Well, there'll be, and, there'll be significantly larger guests coming through here. Yeah, definitely. For sure. I mean, they are, people are coming. It's nonstop. I mean, even yesterday when we were at that event, yeah, we got like six people that want to come on here. I'm all about being audacious this year. So if you're in Miami or you're anywhere listening to this podcast and um, you know, you're doing something, you know, and you want to be on the number one podcast in the world. Talk to us. We'll ask you about what your, your journey is. You could join us here. Um, Drake, if you're listening, get out here. Actually, now nah, before we go, we got to tell the people how you sent an email to Bobby. Bobby Altoff. So we were sitting here uh, working on this podcast like a week ago. We made a list. We made a list of a ton of people who want to interview. We made a hit list. Um, yeah, a literal, literal hit list um, for interviews. Um, Bobby Altoff was on there. So I just shot her email. I was like, her story, she's getting a lot of flack right now. And like, whatever. I don't feel any, I don't know if you feel any type of way about her. People are like overanalyzing her, whether she's an industry plant or not or whatever, but <laughs> like, I don't care. She's, she's blowing up. She's like grinding. Obviously I've seen a few of her clips, um, very similar to Theo Vaughn, where I, I don't think I even followed her. I've just seen clips, Yeah, but she was talking about how like, they were like, oh, how much money are you making? She's like, oh, I'm not making money. <laughs> I remember that. Like, she's in the grind, like, the mode. She's like, yeah, I'm flying all the time. I'm buying my own plane tickets. But, like, she's sitting down with these big hitters. And, like, that's how money and success comes. So, it's like, she now she's in the room with the people. So, the money will come. But it's not like you, you hang out with successful people or do business with them. You instantly are rich yeah. and successful. 
takes time. So that's cool to see. But the way she grew her pod was just by asking. She literally just like, just, I think, gave up on doing whatever she was doing and just said, you know what? I'm just going to ask the world. She asked all her followers, was like, hey, does anybody know Drake? Does anybody? And just like, I'll give you 300 bucks. It was literally a couple hundred bucks to convince him to come on the pod. Right. Which I think is just, it just goes to show how we overcomplicate things sometimes. So we just shot her an email. I was like, hey, Bobby, Bobby, if you want to be on the pod, come join us. We'd love to talk to you about what you're doing. You know, that'd be sick. Um, Shot her an email and we got a bunch of other people, you know, that we're going to have right here on this pod. Yeah. It just comes down to asking, man. Yeah, man. So if you don't ask, the answer will always be no. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah, it's, it's weird, man. And I think about it. I think the best way, let me ask you this. Cause this is how I kind of reason about it. It's like, sometimes I want to ask people for something. It's like, what are they going to get out of it? You know, you know, but then I realized sometimes when people ask me stuff, I'm just like, yeah, sure. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's just like, I don't know. What do you think? Like, do you, are you the same way? Like, yeah, I mean, I hope people all the time and don't get anything out of it. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> I was like, I think it's just like, it goes back to being in a heart of service. Yeah. If you're willing, if I think if you're always going out with the intention of doing something for the purpose of receiving something, I think a lot of people see through that. Exactly. And if they don't see through it, they're eventually, something's going to happen where one or the other person is going to become resentful. Mm. Because if the person was giving the act of service with the expectation of receiving something, number one, that's a form of manipulation. Um, Number two, if they don't receive that thing, they can then become a persecutor in a sense um, or feel victimized because they had a false expectation that they were going to receive something that they never got. Yeah. Right. So if you're going into things with that type of mentality, it's a recipe for disaster for one, the other or both parties. And if you go into something with like a heart of service of like, I generally genuinely want to help. Like you came here and you just helped out. Yeah. Right. Because he wanted to be here. Yeah, my boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be here. Yeah. You know, and so there was no expectation. It was like, I'm coming to learn. You drove back and forth to your crib to get stuff for these guys. Um, You know, you were here for the entire day from like frigging (laughs) all day. It was like a seven hour, you know, so excursion. It was like, um, I, I think like that just goes to show your heart of generosity and of service and look at the way that your life has been blessed. Right. And I think other people just need to take a moment to think like, what am I trying to get out of this? Yeah. Am I genuinely trying to help somebody out or do something or speak to someone or create a relationship because I generally want to know them and I want to just be of service to that person? Because if so, you're going to get nothing but gems. I think another question, I mean, how I think about it is like, who do you want to be? You know, when you answer we probably talk about this forever. So we don't have to go too deep. It's, it's up to you. But like, I, I, the way I think about it is like, who do I want to be? And once you answer that question, then that will decide how you act. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, do I want to be the type of guy who helps out, you know, my buddy who needs help in his business? You know, of course, you know, um, it wouldn't even matter. I mean, we, yeah. big or small, like 10 years from now, you could be doing, uh, $10 million a year, whatever. And if I could just jump in and help, it's whatever, you know. Um, I think I think it comes down to not being blind to how life works, right? So obviously, it's there's value in networking. There's value, like there's energy in the universe, and 
some, when you put stuff out, like it can come back. But it's like you said, expectation. If I, if I, it, it almost ruins it, like because of that energy. If you show up to something with the energy of expecting a return, you get nothing, mm. right? And so it's like, it, you almost have to like, in your heart, like you have, you have to be selfless if you want to have a lot. Otherwise, like the world will just deny you everything, you know? So, yeah. yeah. I think there's two sides of the coin too. What's the other side? Because there's also the side of when it comes to expectation, it's almost a prerequisite of faith in a sense, mm. right? So like if I, I'm going to take certain actions. Now, I think when it comes to helping others, you're completely on point, 100%. Right, yeah. you don't want to have. That's an how I would scope it because I see where you're exactly. going. That's how, yeah. And then yeah. I think so when it comes to individuals and and people, there's I I don't believe in expectations. You and I are on the same page about that. I think when it comes to taking actions and doing particular things, you have to have an expectation because yeah. that's part of faith. Because if you don't have an expectation that something's going to work out, you have nothing driving you right. for the reason of doing it. You have right? to expect to win. You have to expect to win. Coach like Prime. Or finish, sorry, finish your thought. I was going to say, like, I expect this is going to be huge. And yeah. I've been saying that for three months, and every week it gets bigger. Every week it gets better. Every week we get a new piece of equipment or a new cable or a new lens or new something, and it just keeps growing. The clients get bigger. The expectations get bigger. But the service gets bigger as well. And the two go hand in hand, and that's how growth happens. Yeah. I love, I saw a clip of Coach Prime. I don't watch football like that, but I love what he said. They had just won that game where that everybody started watching, you know, football. And he was, the gist of it was like, I don't know why everybody's so excited. Like, we were supposed to win. We have to go into, <laughs> you have to go it, into a competition expecting to win, which is so important as a, as a competitor. Like, I was a runner. And when you're competing against people where you win by a shoulder length or at one step, right? Fastest people, you know, I was, at my best, I was number six in the in the country in one of my events. Mm. So there's five people who were faster than me in the country, right? Wow. And you have to believe that you're going to win. You don't know that you're going to win. We heard a similar message yes, yes, yesterday. You don't know that your studio is going to be ten million dollars, but you have to expect that it's going like this is the only way. Because if you show up like it's not going to be a $10 million studio or if I show up on the track or if you show up at a college football game like you're not going to win you're definitely not going to win not at that level like you no. can't can't compete and operate at those levels if you don't imagine yourself being that person or like being a winner you know yeah, so, well, that's huge. so that's that's faith um, that's visualization that's I don't like the term manifestation because I don't think that we particularly manifest anything per se um, I do believe that things happen through a manifestation of the effort that we put out and through the vision that we cast and how we go after that because you're not going to manifest anything but positive, you know, positivity and success if you go after things with the expectation that you're going to win. But um, yeah, man, I, I love that. I love where this is headed, everything that uh, we've been through that's gotten us here. Yeah, bro. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you coming, being here. I appreciate you, Val. Val was here, the plug. Crushing it. Val, we normally wrap it up. You should wrap up this episode. What do you want our viewers to know about anything? About anything? Well, yeah. first, come to the Move Miami. Hey, let's go, baby. <laughs> and 
I liked what Andrew was saying, just and what you were saying. You gotta go into things with a winner mentality. It's really easy to get stuck in your own insecurities and to prevent yourself from achieving a lot of things. So just believe in yourself because no one else will. Yeah. I think that's that's what I wanna say. <laughs> Heck yeah. I believe in you. That's a word. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, We appreciate you being here as a part of this experience. Uh, It was an honor for us to have Theo, Vaughn, Sexy Red, their entire team, Zach, Nick, all of you guys. I personally appreciate you booking my space. We're here for you, and we have the best team, the best equipment, and the best studio in the city, hands down. And if you have not yet done so, like, share, subscribe, send this to a friend, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Make out with those buttons. (laughs) Push them. Heck yeah.